0: Mark 1 and 2, the good news of Jesus Christ the message begins here following to the letter the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, watch closely I'm sending my preacher ahead of you he'll make the road smooth for you thunder in the desert prepare for God's arrival make the road smooth and straight John the baptizer appeared in the wild preaching a baptism of life change that leads to forgiveness of sins people thronged to him from Judea and Jerusalem and as they confess their sins were baptized by him in the Jordan River into a changed life. John wore a camel hair habit tied at the waist with a leather belt. He ate locusts and wild field honey. As he preached, he said, The real action comes next, the star in this drama, to whom I'm a mere stagehand, will change your life. I'm baptizing you here in the river, turning your old life in for the kingdom life. His baptism, a holy baptism by the Holy Spirit, will change you from the inside out. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. The moment he came out of the water, he saw the sky split open and God's Spirit, looking like a dove, come down on him. Along with the Spirit, a voice, You are my Son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. At once, this same Spirit pushed Jesus out into the wild. For forty wilderness days and nights, he was tested by Satan. Wild animals were his companions, and angels took care of him. After John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee preaching the message of God. Time's up. God's kingdom is here. Change your life and believe the message. Passing along the beach of Lake Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew net fishing. Fishing was their regular work. Jesus said to them, Come with me. I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask questions. They dropped their nets and followed. A dozen yards or so down the beach, he saw the brothers James and John, Zebedee's sons. They were in the boat, mending their fishnets. Right off, he made the same offer. Immediately, they left their father Zebedee, the boat and the hired hands and followed. Then they entered Capernaum. When the Sabbath arrived, Jesus lost no time in getting to the meeting place. He spent the day there teaching. They were surprised at his teaching, so forthright, so confident, not quibbling and quoting like the religious scholars. Suddenly, while still in the meeting place, he was interrupted by a man who was deeply disturbed and yelling out. What business do you have here with us, Jesus, Nazarene? I know what you're up to. You're the Holy One of God, and you've come to destroy us. Jesus shut him up. Quiet, get out of him. The afflicting spirit threw the man into spasms, protesting loudly, but got out. Everyone there was incredulous, buzzing with curiosity. What's going on here? A new teaching that does what it says? He shuts up defiling demonic spirits and sends them packing. News of this traveled fast and was soon all over Galilee. Directly on leaving that meeting place, they came to Simon and Andrew's house accompanied by James and John. Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed, burning up with fever. They told Jesus. He went to her, took her hand, and raised her up. No sooner had the fever left that she was up fixing dinner for them. That evening, after the sun was down, they brought sick and evil afflicted people to him. The whole city lined up at his door. He cured their sick bodies and tormented spirits. Because the demons knew his true identity, he didn't let them say a word. While it was still night, way before dawn, he got up and went out to a secluded spot and prayed. Simon and those with him went looking for him, and they found him and said, Everybody's looking for you. Jesus said, Let's go to the rest of this village so I can preach there also. This is why I've come. He went to the meeting places all through Galilee, preaching and throwing out the demons. A leper came to him, begging on his knees, If you want, you can cleanse me. Deeply moved, Jesus put out his hand, touched him, and said, I want to. Be clean. Then and there the leprosy was gone, his skin smooth and healthy. Jesus dismissed him with strict orders, Say nothing to anyone. Take the offering for cleansing that Moses prescribed and present yourself to the priest. This will validate your healing to the people. But as soon as the man was out of earshot, He told everyone he met what had happened, spreading the news all over town. So Jesus kept to out of the way places, no longer able to move freely in and out of the city. But people found him and came from all over. After a few days, Jesus returned to Capernaum and word got around that he was back home. A crowd gathered jamming the entrance so no one could get in or out. He was teaching the word. They brought a paraplegic to him carried by four men. When they weren't able to get in because of the crowd, they removed part of the roof and lowered the paraplegic on his stretcher. Impressed by their bold belief, Jesus said to the man, son, I forgive your sins. Some religious scholars sitting there staring and whispering said to themselves, he can't talk that way. That's blasphemy. God and only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew right away what they were thinking and said, why are you so skeptical? Which is simpler to say to the paraplegic, I forgive your sins or say, get up, take your stretcher and start walking. Well, just so it's clear that I'm the son of man and authorized to do either or both, he looked now at the man, get up, pick up your stretcher and go home. And the man did it. He got up, grabbed his stretcher and walked out with everyone there watching him. They rubbed their eyes and then praised God saying, we've never seen anything like this. Then Jesus went again to walk alongside the lake Again, a crowd came to him, and he taught them. Strolling along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, at his work collecting taxes. Jesus said, Come along with me, and he came. Later, Jesus and his disciples were at home having supper with a collection of disreputable guests. Unlikely as it seems, some of them had been followers. The religious scholars and Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company and said to his disciples, What kind of example is this, acting cozy with the riffraff? Jesus, overhearing, shot back, Who needs a doctor? The healthier the sick. I'm here inviting the sin-sick, not the spiritually fit. The disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees made a practice of fasting. Some people confronted Jesus. Why do the followers of John and the Pharisees take on the discipline of fasting, but your followers do not? Jesus said, When you're celebrating a wedding, you don't skimp on the cake and wine. You feast. Later, you may need to pull in your belt, but not now. As long as the bride and groom are with you, you have a good time. No one throws cold water on a friendly bonfire. This is kingdom come. He went on, no one cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. You want fabrics that match, and you don't put your wine in cracked bottles. One Sabbath day, he was walking through a field of ripe grain. As the disciples made a path, they pulled off heads of grain. The Pharisees told on them to Jesus, look, your disciples are breaking Sabbath rules. Jesus said, Really? Have you never read that David, when he was hungry, along with those who were with him, entered the sanctuary and ate fresh bread off the altar with the chief priest right there watching? Holy bread that no one but priests were allowed to eat. And he handed it out to his companions. Then Jesus said, The Sabbath was made to serve us. We weren't made to serve the Sabbath. The Son of Man is in charge of the Sabbath. So we jump from Moses uh, passing away at the end of Deuteronomy, all the way to Mark. So obviously Matthew, Mark, Luke and John are the four gospels we call them because they are the stories of when Jesus was on earth just from four different accounts. And so we're starting with the gospel of Mark and um, something I really like about this is um, a lot of times in the scriptures, certain things are kind of passed over. And we've kind of mentioned that before, that culturally things are said and we're like, what? It doesn't really add up. But I think it's interesting in this section of Mark, he talks about um, some of the fishermen, James, John, Simon, Andrew, uh, both sets of brothers are called, and they would have been Jewish. And so they were obviously waiting for a Messiah. There were other great teachers that had come along claiming to be messiahs. so it was not unusual for people to leave and follow someone and that person to claim that they knew the teachings of God and they would teach it was like having a rabbi that would teach Um, but for him to claim to be the Messiah and then to act on it was a huge thing but it's interesting because he it talks about him calling the sets of brothers that were fishermen and then it says that he called Matthew His name was Levi and it's interesting because uh, Matthew was a tax collector and that means that he is actually an enemy of the Jews in that he was Jewish but when the Romans took over the area they took on some Jews as um, kind of like their workhorses to collect taxes and the taxes were often very unfair. And so the fact that Matthew would be known as a betrayer. So he decided that money was worth more to him than betraying his people. And so he joined the Romans as a tax collector who would then go around and gouge his own people. And so ironically, to just say that out of the 12 followers, Jesus picked those (laughs) and picked a tax collector is a really big deal that sometimes we don't understand because he would have been hated. And so for the other disciples to have to accept him in as a brother would have been revolutionary and a way for Jesus to immediately show them that he was going to choose whoever would follow him.